0: Welcome to Healthy vs. Toxic, the podcast where licensed mental health professionals explore what makes a relationship healthy or unhealthy or even abusive, all from a scientifically informed perspective.
1: Hello, this is Dr. Grande. Today's question is, what is gelatophobia? And what is its relationship to social anxiety disorder and avoidant personality disorder? Now, to help answer this question about gelatophobia social anxiety disorder and avoidant personality disorder, I'll be using an article that was published in 2017 by Havernick and colleagues. And I'll put the reference to this article in the description for this video. So first let's start with gelatophobia. This is a fear of being laughed at and it's considered a specific phobia. We see that the symptoms associated with gelatophobia are quite similar to social anxiety disorder and avoidant personality disorder, like a fear of negative evaluation, Embarrassment, withdrawal from social situations, and the physiological symptoms we see associated with social anxiety disorder and avoidant personality disorder. For example, palpitations, nausea, trembling, sweating. So it has a lot of symptoms in common. And because of this, there are a number of theories that have come up about its relationship to social anxiety disorder and avoidant personality disorder. Now, before I get into this relationship, this would be a good point to stop and go over really quickly, social anxiety disorder versus avoidant personality disorder. Now, I've covered this in significant detail in prior videos, so really I'll just go with the short version here. There's a lot of controversy between these two disorders, including a theory that avoidant personality disorder is not really a distinct classification, another theory that says that social anxiety disorder and avoidant personality disorder are Separate classifications and should remain that way. And another theory is that really avoidant personality disorder may be distinct, but really it's a form of generalized social anxiety disorder. So, in terms of the different theories we see out there with social anxiety disorder and avoidant personality disorder, I believe that the two are distinct. But again, I've covered this in prior videos. One area I will agree with in terms of what a lot of researchers believe about these disorders is this idea that there's no difference. Between the treatments. This does seem to be supported by the evidence. So, whether these two disorders are really distinct disorders or not, the treatment protocol is fairly similar for both disorders. So, moving back to gelatophobia and its relationship with these disorders, again, we see this overlap with the symptoms in these disorders. And I was talking about the different theories we see as far as gelatophobia. So, one theory is that gelatophobia is really just a symptom of social anxiety disorder. And of avoidant personality disorder. Another theory is that it's a specifier, like the performance only specifier that we see with social anxiety disorder. So it gives us more information about the disorder, but it's not necessarily a symptom. And the third theory is that it's a subtype. A subtype is distinct from the concept of a specifier. A subtype is mutually exclusive and jointly exhaustive. So if a disorder does have subtypes, An individual has to have one of the subtypes to be diagnosed with that disorder. It's not optional like a specifier would be. This idea that there might be a relationship between all these disorders really makes a lot of sense if we think about laughter as an important social cue of acceptance or rejection. And because it's an important social cue, it would be affected by the cognitive biases we see associated with social anxiety disorder and avoidant personality disorder. There's no reason to believe that laughter would somehow be immune from that. And we see in prior research that healthy participants who have high scores in social anxiety tend to have a negative laughter interpretation. And they also tend to have an attentional bias that moves them away from socially inclusive or joyful laughter. So they're more likely to see laughter as negative and about them and to overlook laughter that would have a positive connotation. In the same prior research, these socially anxious participants had the effect of this laughter perception almost fully mediated by gelatophobia. And what that means is that the gelatophobia seemed to explain the effect of the laughter
0: perception. Greetings from Evergreen Podcasts. We're rolling out a listener survey and we want to hear from you. The information in the survey will help us gather statistics and, in turn, make our shows more appealing to advertisers. We can't thank you enough for the support. Now back to the show. Hi, I'm Matt Harris. Seaton Tucker and I host the podcast Impact of Influence, which for two years covered in depth. Alec Murdoch, who was eventually convicted in 2023 of murdering his wife, Maggie, and son, Paul. That story continues to evolve and we will cover that. Plus, we will tell you stories of other true crime events that have happened in the South. Please join us on Impact of Influence. And give us a follow on the Impact of Influence Facebook page.
1: When we talk about mediation, we oftentimes think of moderation. Mediation really explains why a relationship exists, and moderation is talking about the strength or direction. So again, in this case, the laughter perception was almost fully mediated. It was explained by gelatophobia. So we can see that the fear of laughter, gelatophobia, seems to have this relationship with social anxiety disorder and avoidant personality disorder. But why is it important? There are a lot of symptoms of these disorders. Why is this one really worth studying? Well, we know that, unfortunately, a number of people who have social anxiety disorder and avoidant personality disorder don't always improve in treatment the way we'd hope. Depending on the research you look at, between 30 and 40% of individuals with social anxiety disorder, for example, don't seem to improve much with treatment. And this is a fairly high percentage. So we really need to have a better understanding of this construct of social anxiety disorder and any constructs that may be related to it, like gelatophobia. So in the study I'm looking at here, the participants in this study were divided into a few groups. There was a group of healthy controls, so these are individuals who did not have any mental disorders, and they had a group that did have mental disorders, but they were looking for specific mental disorders. So specifically, they had social anxiety disorder, had individuals with avoidant personality disorder, They also had individuals who had social anxiety symptoms, but it didn't necessarily result in a diagnosis, but still required treatment, so we could call this unspecified social anxiety. And they also had individuals who had schizophrenia and cluster A personality disorders, so that would be paranoid, schizoid, and schizotypal. And the reason they included these participants is because prior research has shown that gelatophobia has a relationship with these disorders as well. And we know that one of the major theories of the cluster A personality disorders is that they're related to schizophrenia. The paranoid, schizoid, and schizotypal, as well as schizophrenia, are all on the same continuum. So, what were the results from this study? Well, we see here in terms of the level of gelatophobia symptoms, we see that the scores were higher for individuals who had mental disorders than healthy controls. And the scores were higher in individuals who had social anxiety disorder or avoidant personality disorder, or both, than individuals who had other mental disorders. We also see here that all of the participants who had comorbid social anxiety disorder and avoidant personality disorder, meaning they had both of the disorders at the same time, and someone can be diagnosed with both of these at the same time, all these participants had gelatophobia. We also see that some individuals had gelatophobia, but did not have social anxiety disorder or avoidant personality disorder. The results of this research led the researchers to propose that gelatophobia is really a symptom of social anxiety disorder and a symptom of avoidant personality disorder. It's necessary but not sufficient. So it wouldn't be a subtype and it wouldn't necessarily be a specifier, but rather they proposed it should be a symptom of these disorders. Now also with the study they found no association between gelatophobia And the cluster A personality disorders, which was a bit of a surprise. They had a small sample size of individuals who had cluster A personality disorders, and that's important to keep in mind. Now, in terms of the individuals with schizophrenia, they actually had the lowest scores of gelatophobia than any of the other individuals with mental disorders. So, some surprising findings with cluster A personality disorders and schizophrenia. And quite interesting findings as well, not necessarily surprising in terms of the relationship between gelatophobia and social anxiety disorder, and avoidant personality disorder. So these findings tell us that the relationship between social anxiety disorder, avoidant personality disorder, and gelatophobia seems to be meaningful. And I think that this certainly warrants further research. And it's important to keep in mind with these findings that if we see gelatophobia, we may want to consider its relationship to social anxiety disorder and avoidant personality disorder as we try to differentiate and diagnose individuals mental disorders. Gelatophobia appears to be an important indicator, although of course this is just one study and it's not an official symptom specifier or subtype in the DSM of social anxiety disorder or avoidant personality disorder
0: right now. Thanks for listening. This has been a production of Ars Longa Media. The executive producer is Dr. Patrick Beeman. For more content, please visit our website at arslanga.media. To leave feedback or suggestions, send an email to info at arslanga.media. To find more content from Dr. Grande, including a link to his YouTube channel and his other Ars podcasts, visit our website at arslanga.media. This podcast is intended for informational purposes only. And should not be construed as medical or mental health advice. Ars Longa, Vita Brevis. Welcome to the Bravery Academy. My name is Emma Ferris, and I'm your host. This podcast is crafted to share the stories
1: of courageous individuals who've overcome adversity and found the courage to live their best lives.
0: We'll explore the science of wellbeing, courage and connection, and interview top thought leaders, game changers, and survivors. And it it's from these stories that we learn what resilience is, how to heal, how to recover, and how to be brave.